As this year the Lord has given us a theme of being rooted and grounded in love, it's important that we revisit that theme. And we've explained how every first of the month during Communion Sunday, we would uh, do a message that is now plugged into or that is related now to the theme of being rooted and grounded. And today we're going to go and study in Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower. And if you've read this book, if you read uh, the book of Mark or the gospel of now Luke or the gospel of Matthew, you know that this story comes up three times in the four gospels. And you can name it the parable of the sower or the parable of the soils. Because this story really is a parable that Jesus gives in relation to being rooted and grounded as a believer and going deeper when it comes to spiritual growth, going deeper when it comes to spiritual commitment. And I love that because this year we want to be more committed than ever. Did you know that that's something that people are scared of is commitment? That's exactly why people, uh, less and less, we're seeing them get married or less and less you're seeing them make long-term commitments when it comes to relationships or, or ministry or church or faith. We are scared of commitment. We do not want, want to commit to anything. But here, Jesus is speaking now to the crowds and He's asking for spiritual commitment. It's possible that we come to church every single week but we're not fully committed to God. Did you know that? It's possible that we attend church, that we're present at church. However, we're not fully committed to God. And what this story, this parable teaches us is how to receive the Word of God, how to receive the Word of God with an understanding heart that will produce spiritual fruit. Because your heart is what determines, your heart is that soil that it should be ready to receive the Word of God and then produce spiritual fruit. We need the Bible. We need the Word of God. And I want to ask you, are you hungry for the Word of God today? Are you thirsty for the Word of God? Do you have an appetite for the Word of God? Do you crave it? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, it says this. I'm going to read it to you. Therefore, lay aside, lay it aside all malice. All deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, all evil speaking, lay that aside. And as newborn babes, like a newborn baby, <laughs> what does a newborn baby want to do? Just eat and sleep. As a newborn baby desires the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. You see, when you taste something and you taste how good it is, you want to go back to it and you want to have seconds and you want to delight yourself in it. You are so grateful for it. And he's saying, if you tasted how good God is, like a pure baby that desires the milk, you desire the Word of God and therefore you will grow. You see, your growth, your spiritual growth is determined. It is correlated. It is, it is conditional upon how much time you spend in the Word of God. In Psalms 119 verse 11, the psalmist said, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's the word of God that keeps you from sin. John Bunyan said this, This book will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from this book. Do You know how when you're in the word of God, it keeps you away from sin. But then when you're in sin, sin also keeps you away from the word of God. 
Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The question today is, how do you receive the word of God? There are four different types of hearts that we're going to study that receive the word of God differently and respond to the word of God differently. How do you receive today and how do you respond? Because this parable is just as much as it's about, now the seed, it also is about the soil. The seed represents the Word of God. The soil represents your heart. Just as much as it is about now the seed or the Word of God, it's important that we have a heart that is ready to receive it. And we're going to learn about four different hearts. Number one, the wayside heart. Write this down, please. The wayside heart. It's a heart that is closed. It's a hard heart. A heart that has been robbed of the truth. A heart that is whole heart. It's like the wayside. What is the wayside? We see that this is a picture of agriculture. The wayside in the field of agriculture is the part of the field where you walk. It's the pathway. For example, if this was a field, the wayside would be here in the middle, in the sides, around the corners. The wayside where people walk around the fields. That is the kind of heart that Jesus now refers to. A, a surface that is hard, that has been trampled, that has been walked over. The second type of heart is the stony heart. A heart that is shallow, that is emotional now. The third type of heart is a heart that is filled with thorns or a heart that is filled with weeds. It's full of distractions. It's too busy, that heart, to receive the Word of God. And the lastly, the fourth heart, it's the heart of the pure heart. A heart that is ready to receive, it's ready to obey, it's so tender and it wants to bear fruit. Do you see the wayside heart, the stony heart, the heart that is filled with thorns, and then there's a pure heart. What heart do you have today? Because the point of this parable is that the condition of the heart or the condition of the soil determines the potential for growth, spiritual growth in your life. We can come and we can teach the Bible all day. That is the seed. But how is the heart that is going into? How is it responding? Warren Worsby said this, the seed... Without the soil, is fruitless. You have seed. Without soil, without the heart, it is fruitless. But now, the soil, the soil without the seed is almost useless. Do you see how we can be, the Word of God can be fruitless without a ready heart? But then the soil, our heart, without the Word of God is useless. That's exactly why we need a ready heart and we need the seed to come together. And this principle is not only for the unbeliever. Understand that. There's a lot of times where we read this parable and we think, well, that's for the unbeliever that we're evangelizing. Yes, it is for the unbeliever, but it's also for the believer alike. Because if you are and we are today becoming complacent and compromising and content and we become lackadaisical in, in how we're reading the Word of God, you will never experience or receive the full benefit of the Word of God now in your life. You're content, you're compromising, I don't really need the Word of God, I'm just okay like this, and I'm compromising, I'm not as committed to the Word of God as I should be, you will never receive the full benefit of what the Word of God wants to do for your life. Are you receiving that full benefit of the Word of God in your life? Are you? Because today we want to be more committed than ever. We want to embrace it and ask ourselves, what kind of soil am I? How can I prepare my heart to be a soil that receives? You see, the, the, the people were coming to Jesus. 
And it was big crowds, large crowds. And Jesus understood that they were coming because they were interested now and being now stirred in their excitement and their emotion. They wanted to see a sign. They wanted to see a miracle. They wanted to be fed. And Jesus said, you know, listen, some of you are not really even committed. You're just showing up because you want to see a sign. You're showing up because you want to see a miracle. And Jesus wasn't interested in crowds as much as he was interested in individual souls. He knew that they wanted to be entertained and he wanted them to have a self-examination as to why you're showing up because Christ always provokes true discipleship. You know what that means? That he really wants you to follow him. Fully follow him. He's not into emotional, he, emotional hype. He's not into this temporary feeding of feelings, feeding of emotions. And, and how can I draw people in or, or using events and theatrics that leave people empty? And he did not want to do that. You know, a lot of ministries today just leave people empty with events and hype and production. And how is it that we can draw people in? And what, what catchy phrase can we use? Jesus said, no, I'm going to tell you like it is. I'm going to tell you the word of God. And I don't want your entire relationship with me and with the Lord to be focused and be based on your feelings. You know what happens when your entire relationship with God is based off of your feelings? That when you feel good, then you are right with God. And you're showing up to church and you're committed to the word of God. You're committed to serving God. But when you, you, your feelings and you're not you're feeling that well, then guess what? I'm not going to go today. I'm not really committed to the word of God. And you're, you have these extremes of when you are committed and when you're not. And we have to be careful that we are not just following our feelings or, not, or we're not in love with entertainment. Jesus is not one that wants to entertain. He wants to come with this fruitful challenge. This fruitful challenge. That you are here to grow, you're here to learn, you're here to be rooted. Are you receiving the word of God? Let's go to Mark 4 verse 1 and here we're going to learn exactly what it is that Jesus is teaching us through this parable. And again, he began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into the boat and he sat on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. And then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, underline that, listen. Behold, the sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and they devoured it. The birds came and they ate that seed. Some seed fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth or soil. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of the earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away, it dried up. And some seed fell among the thorns. And the thorns grew up and it choked it and it yielded no crop. But the other seed fell on good ground and it yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty and some a hundred. Let's pray. Lord Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you because your word never leaves us empty. We thank you, Lord, because you weren't looking to entertain people. You were looking to have them be full committed in discipleship. And I pray, Lord, that as we study the soils here, that we would self-examine our hearts and understand, Lord, give me a heart that is ready to receive your word and it be fruitful in my life. That I would experience the full benefit of your word. We pray this all in your name, in Jesus' name. And together we said, 
Now look what it says here. That man was beautiful. Together we said. Amen. I love it. It's so awesome that you are so ready to receive. In Mark chapter 4 it says this. And again he began to teach by the sea. Notice this. Underline teach. The entire emphasis on the ministry of Jesus wasn't on the miracles and wasn't on the signs. The entire emphasis of Jesus was on the teaching. There are a lot of times that today we want to change the emphasis. The emphasis is always on the teaching of the Word of God. It's not on the hype. It's not on the events. It's not on the music. It's on the teaching. The teaching is the emphasis. Because there is where you find now this thing that we're going to talk about, which is doctrine. You need to know the Word of God. I said again, he began to teach by the sea in a great multitude. Notice this. It wasn't a few. It was a great multitude that came and gathered to him. And he got on the boat. There were so many of them that he had to go on a boat now. now and, they, and he sat in the boat of the sea. And the whole multitude gathered on the land. And they were facing the sea. You see, notice this, that they were coming to Jesus. Jesus is sitting on the boat. And they're all standing and looking at him as he sits and he teaches them. Charles Spurgeon said this, The teacher sat and the people stood. We would have less sleeping congregations if this arrangement still prevailed. <laughs> How many people you think would sleep through the messages if they had to stand the entire message and that pastor would sit down? Well, that's how it was set up at that time. But we see that Jesus is not impressed with crowds. He wanted true commitment. He wanted true convergence. We're today, we're impressed with crowds. We see numeric crowds. That impresses us and it does something to us. Jesus is not impressed with crowds. He wants true conversions and disciples. In the Gospel of Luke, it tells this story that, that the 12 disciples were following him from place to place. And he went a circuit of different villages teaching and preaching. And he would focus on the teaching and other women that, that were now impacted by the ministry of Jesus. The women that had been healed by the work of God in their lives. They also followed Jesus as well. It wasn't just the 12 disciples. And they dedicated themselves, these women, to follow Jesus and to serve him and his disciples with that which they had. Do you see how now the full-time ministry of Jesus is taking place around one thing, the teaching. Now verse 2, let's go and it said, And He taught them many things. Again, the word teaching comes up. This is the second time in two verses. He taught them many things by parables. Now the word parable is a story. We love hearing stories. Somebody goes and you show up to work and they say, Here, I have something to tell you. Something juicy right now. And you're, you just cannot wait to hear that story. We love stories. Jesus was a storyteller. In fact, he said he taught them many things using parables or using stories. The word parables is to throw something alongside. That's what it means, a parable. To throw something alongside. A parabola. Throw something alongside. What does that mean to throw something alongside? Well, he would throw something alongside something they were already familiar with so that they would understand a spiritual truth. In this case, he would throw in a story of agriculture. They all knew what farming meant. So in fact, he said, since you know what farming means, I'm going to throw this story or this spiritual truth alongside a story of agriculture so that you would get, that you would receive, that you would understand now the spiritual truth in it. You see, the reason why he taught in parables, it was for number one, for memory, and for also for application. Somebody tells you a good story, you remember. I remember when you told me that story five years ago. I don't remember the sermon. I just remember the story you used. 
I might not remember the message, I remember the joke. <laughs> they remember stories. And he did it for memory, so they would understand and memorize the application piece along with it as well. Someone once said, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And this is how he ministered to unbelievers and believers alike together. It says this in verse 2, by parables and said to them in his teaching. Again, that word teaching comes up. It's three times. His teaching. Do you understand here how the emphasis is on that teaching the word of God that he's saying here? Now the King's James Version tells us that this word teaching is the word that we know of as doctrine. Write that word down next to your Bible. Doctrine. Why was Jesus so focused on doctrine? Because doctrine is necessary if you want to go deep. Doctrine is necessary if you want a true follower and a disciple. Jesus never lacked in the area of doctrine. Doctrine means teaching. It's sound. It's healthy. It's true, true doctrine. And how is it that you're going to get commitment from somewhere? How is it that you're going to grow in commitment? How is our commitment now? And he's going to test their commitment. But first he has to teach them doctrine. You know that you cannot have commitment without doctrine? You can't commit to following the Lord without doctrine, without true, true doctrine. You can't truly follow the Lord without true doctrine. And it says it's His teaching, it's His doctrine. Now this is necessary here because we want to grow as believers and we need doctrine. We need teaching of the Word of God. And He says this now in verse 3, Listen, behold, after He's giving this introduction, Behold, listen, behold, listen is, hey, I need your attention. Listen here to understand the spiritual truth and behold and see. Listen and see. Can you listen and see? He's getting their attention here. Hear my voice. I'm going to teach you something. But he's going to test their commitment now. And he says this. It happened that a sower went out to sow. Listen to this. A farmer went out to plant. And he takes the seed now. Attention. Listen to this. And it happened, verse 4, that as he sowed or as he spread out or scattered some of the seed fell by the wayside some of the seed fell by that pathway where people walk on in the field and the birds of the air came and devoured the birds came and ate that seed that was on that pathway and ate it up and it was gone now in the footpath or in the pathway Someone trampled on it, stepped on it in that hard surface it didn't ever grow roots the birds came and they ate and devoured that seed Verse 5, some of it, this is the second type of soil. The first type is the wayside or the pathway. Verse 5, some of it fell on stony ground. What is stony ground? It was a type of ground that uh, they knew about that, yes, had a layer of soil, but in the bottom it was just rocks. It was just rocks. Some fell on soil that was stony ground. Have you ever seen stony ground and you have to break up that stony ground and take out all those rocks? Man, I used to just really dislike doing that growing up. <laughs> you have to take all the rocks or else, guess what? Those plants don't stay healthy. Some of the seed fell on soil that was so shallow because it was filled with rocks. Where it did not have much earth or much soil and immediately it sprang up. So it, didn't go, it couldn't go down the roots. So it started to go up. And listen what happens. And because it had no depth to the earth, it said here. But when the sun was up, verse 6, it was scorched or it dried up because it had no root and it withered away. You see, because it couldn't grow down, it had no, not enough soil, it started to grow up the seed. 
And Jesus said, you know what, but when the sun came, because it had no roots, it just dried up and it just died. Do you understand how when something grows, it's so important to know this? When something grows, if you want growth upward, you must have first depth downward. Because something that, that just immediately goes up, just immediately as it goes up, it immediately also will be gone. It immediately will die away because it has no foundation and it has no depth. This seed had absolutely no depth. Even if it just grew a little bit, it had no depth, it had no roots. Therefore, when the sun hit it, it completely dried up and it died. No depth. No depth. Now let's look at verse 7. But some fell among the thorns here. And the thorns, write this down so that you would understand this, is some fell among weeds. Among weeds, it says here. And the weeds also grew up and it choked it out. The weeds grew with that seed and it choked out the plant and it yielded no fruit. Ever seen seeds grow up with your beautiful plants that you plant in your garden? What happens eventually that the weeds are very unhealthy for that plant and it chokes out that plant. So that plant's not able to produce fruit. And this is the third type of soil now that Jesus is speaking about. It says it was one that was now being choked out in this soil by these um, weeds now in the delicate plant that was planted there. Therefore, it could not produce no fruit. This is the third now type of soil. But verse 8 says, but the other seed fell on good ground. What is good ground? It's healthy ground. It's fertile soil. And it yielded a crop. It yielded just a harvest that sprang up. And it does three things. Look at this harvest. What it does? It does. Number one, it yields a crop. It sprang up. It increased. And it produced now. I, I love this about it because what does it do? It springs up. It increases. And it produces. This is the good soil. This is a good heart. This is what a good heart does. A good heart springs up now. It grows up. It increases now. And it produces fruit. But what kind of fruit? Verse 8, it says, this was very unusual for them to hear because it says some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold of fruit. This was a lot of fruit that it was producing now. And then Jesus said after he taught them this parable, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. If you get it, then you get it. <laughs> Isn't this amazing how clear Jesus was in His teaching? Now, this is important for us, this message of if you have ears to hear, let Him hear. What, what does this mean? It says if you, if you have ears to listen to the spiritual truth, the, the spiritual lesson, take time, take note to listen. There's a spiritual lesson in there. If you can get it, then I hope that you take note and that you receive it. If you can understand the spiritual lesson in that story, then take note of it and receive it. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Lord is saying. Even today, a like Christian fellow, if you have ears to hear what God is about to say, then you say it, then you understand it, receive it and apply it in your life. Verse 10, look what happens here. Because now, when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. This is so funny here. Because it, it's important that the twelve were, were there with the whole multitude. But then it says when he was alone, you know, the disciples went and they asked him, hey, what did that mean? I can just imagine the 12 disciples with Jesus, just standing along Jesus, and he was talking about this parable, and they were just nodding their hair like, oh yeah, this is so good. Um, Peter, John, this is great stuff, such a good story. When they were alone, they said, Jesus, what was that? What did that even mean? So now he's going to explain to them why is it that he's speaking to them in parables. 
And when he was alone, verse 10, it said, with the twelve, he asked about the parables. And he said to him, to you it has been given to know the mystery or that which has not been yet understood or that which is not revealed of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside or to the non-believer, all things come in parables. He's saying, look, Jesus is saying, well, I want you to know this. I've, I'm going to give you the interpretation. But to those that are outside, I give it to them in parables. Why is it that Jesus gives it to them in parables to those that are non-believers? It's, it's very important that we understand this. He said, to you it's been given permission to understand the unknown. To you it's been given permission to discern now and to understand the spiritual things. But to those that are spiritually blind, all things come and put to parables in them. So that they would now be interested in perceiving this lesson now through this story for the non-believer. Jesus offered now an opportunity... For them to dig deep in this story and to understand, look, what, what is it? What is it that he's trying to tell us? Or they can just turn a blind eye and say, you know what? I don't even care. I just came for the miracle. I just came for the sign. And for them to avoid a greater condemnation, for them to, him just telling them plainly, when he knew they were going to reject the truth, he said, no, I'm going to package it up in a story. And if they really are interested, guess what they're going to do? They're going to dig deep, dig really deep into the story and find out what is it that I was trying to teach them. So what does the parable do? It's interesting because it grabs the listener's attention. And he grabbed the, the non-believer's attention. Those that came just for the, for the miracle, for the sign, for the free meal. Second, stories are remembered. He wanted them to remember the story. And third, they reveal a truth that the believer or, or those that are ready spiritually, they can discern. They, hey man, I can, pull, I can pull that truth out of there. I know what he's saying. This is what he means. But those who are not spiritually ready to receive it, the truth, he gives it to them in a story, he's saying. Now, let's read it here in verse 12. So that, from Isaiah 6, 9, Seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing that they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn now from their sins and be forgiven of them. You see, what is Jesus saying? He said, I know that this, there are some here that they don't even want to understand, that they don't want to hear, that they are refusing to turn from their ways. Therefore, I'm giving it to them in this way. And those of them that are mixed in there, that maybe have some kind of curiosity to learn, they're going to take back the story and try to figure out the spiritual truth and meaning from it. Therefore, if you have ears to hear, let them hear what the Lord is saying. Let's go to verse 13 as he actually gives us the application when it comes to the story. It's a very interesting application here. And he tells him this. And he said to him, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all other parables? This parable is important for them to understand. So that it would unlock all the other parables that he was going to teach them. Hey, if you don't understand this one, how are you going to understand the other one? And he says, the sower sows the word. He gives them here the key to unlock this parable. The sower, the farmer, is sowing or is planting the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Notice that. The seed is the word. Write that in your Bible, in your notes. The seed is the word. The soil is my heart. Now let's talk about here the four different types of hearts. The farmer plants the seed by taking the word of God to others. That's exactly what he's saying. And the attention is that this is about the Word of God and it making a real difference in your life, a lasting difference, an enduring difference, an enduring work, a committed work in your life. And he starts with verse 15 by telling him here, the seed that fell by the wayside or the hard heart. Let's read verse 15. It says this, And that there was here the ones that 
by the wayside where the word is sown. These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes, immediately takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. This is amazing here. Because it says here, the wayside, this is the hard heart, this is the callous heart. This is the heart that has been trampled on, that has been on a really tough soil. That when the seed is casted on that heart, guess what happens? The birds of the air come and eat that now seed. And it immediately takes the seed away. See, when it, the Bible talks about birds, it's referring to the enemy. Right? I'm not telling you to go home and kill your bird. Right? But that's what it's referring to now in the parable. But it says here now that the, the immediately the enemy comes and takes that seed away and, and their heart is so hard, their heart is unresponsive, their heart refuses and rejects everything that it comes to the Word of God. It's so callous, it's hard. That they, no matter what you tell them, you know, they, 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 they do not want to receive the Word of God. So immediately the enemy comes and takes away that seed that was sown that, that, and never has opportunity to enter that heart. Right? You know what the devil's main now object and, and main goal is? Is to steal the Word of God from you. That's what the devil wants to do, is steal the Word of God from you. This is the heart that is so hard that the enemy comes and just takes the Word every time. Takes the Word every time. Why? Because the heart is so hard. The heart is so callous. And never allows the Word of God to take root into the heart. And you would ask, so how did the heart get so hard? Because it's been walked alone, it's been trampled. It has not known something that softens that heart or that soil. Now notice this, whatever goes into your ear, whatever enters your eye, will then go into your heart. Whatever enters your ear or goes into your eyes will enter your heart. Understand this. So be very careful who is allowed to walk on that heart. Because the last thing that you want is to have a hard heart that is unresponsive to the Word of God. It's so callous, it, it doesn't respond, and the Word of God never really enters. It never enters. That's exactly what he's talking about. That is the wayside heart, the heart that has been stepped on by the world, stepped on even by other believers, stepped on by, by those that, that have come in and stepped on. And the heart is so hard that no seed is able to enter, no word is able to enter in. Verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. This is the stony heart. The shallow and emotional heart. This is the seed that was planted on a really thin layer of soil and had some rocks on the bottom. And yes, it, it sprang up a little bit, but it dried up because there was no roots beneath. It was just all rocks. It was a rocky soil. Just think about that. It was soil mixed with rocks. It was so hard, it had some rocks there. And, and what it talks about here, says when they hear the Word of God, immediately they receive it with gladness. This is a believer that, man, I received the Word of God. I'm pumped about the Word of God. Yes, give me more of Jesus. Immediately receives it with joy. But it's just superficial now, just like that seed on that rocky soil. It's, it just springs up quickly to a response and doesn't consider the cost involved of following the Lord. That's exactly what he's talking about. It's an immediately emotional response. Now verse 17, it tells us a little bit more about that stony heart. And, when, and it says, And when they have no root in themselves, underline in themselves, no root in themselves. You know what a stony heart has? They have roots in hype, roots in emotion, roots in their family's faith. Ruth, uh, uh, roots in their parents' faith, Ruth, roots in, in the church, roots in the pastor now. So that's where they're holding on to in their faith, those roots. 
But there's no roots in themselves. There's no faith for themselves. There's no depth. There's no foundation. They're not grounded now. You see that? There's no roots in themselves. So it tells us this. It says, they, and so endure only for a time. They're excited about church. But it's only for a time. They're excited. They're pumped up. A heart that is just so willing to go forward, right? But there's no real transformation. So it's just seasonal. What happens now? They believe for a while and they do not last long. What happens? Why don't they last long? It's only for a while the excitement and then the excitement is gone. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, when they start to realize, oh, it means that me following Jesus means that I can't do, I shouldn't go out and sin in the world. Well, me following Jesus means that I am held accountable to be able to now grow with other believers. Wait a minute. Well, me, actually, when I'm going through trial and tribulation and persecution for following the Lord, that means that I have to stay focused to that. It says, arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. That word stumble means immediately they fall away. When they know that they're going to be held accountable to the word of God, that heart that's so excited, that's so emotional, that's so pumped up, you know, when they understand the cost of following the Lord for the word's sake, for their obedience sake, they immediately fall away. They stumble, they fall away, they turn away. It's a falling away now. When their faith is put to the test because of persecution, because of trial, because of tribulation, hey, they fall away. Oh, you know what? I was excited about the Lord, but all these things started to happen in my life. So guess what? I ain't going to church anymore. I was excited about the Lord, but my marriage started to stumble, so I'm not going to church anymore. I was excited, but then I had some financial issues, so therefore, I don't want anything to do with the church, so I'm not going anymore. There's no roots. There's no foundation. So they fall away. You see them here, and then you don't see them. And that's what the stony heart is. When their faith is put to the test through persecution, through trial, through tribulation, there's no deep roots as a true Christian. So it exposes now an emotional follower. Now, the New Living Translation says this, but since they don't have any deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or, or persecuted because they're believing in God's word. It's almost as if someone that, that got so hyped up on the Lord over this certain experience, but when that excitement and that experience is gone, so is their faith. The excitement and the experience is going to go over. Experience and excitement is not what keeps you with the Lord. It's the roots in the word of God that keeps you with the Lord. That's why in John 8 verse 31, Jesus said to the, those that believed in him, Hey, abide in my word. Abide in my word, and then you will be my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. What does it mean? We have to abide in the word of God. We can't be someone that just gets all hyped up. I'm just a seasonal Christian. I'm, I'm excited. It's Christmas time. All the lights are out. I, the, the manger scene's all over my block. It's time to go to church. Let's get the family ready. Right? But then things get a little busy in life, and you know what? Things get tough in life, and you know what? I don't have time for the Lord now. Because I understand what the cost was now. And the cost is too much. And Jesus is telling these crowds, hey, some of you are going to realize that there's a cost to following me and you're not going to last. I want you to know that. That's the kind of heart that the stony heart is. Now verse 18, it says this. Now these are the ones sown on thorns or by the weeds. This is a heart that's filled with thorns. The third type of heart. Some fell by the wayside or the pathway. Some fell by the stony soil that is was very shallow, very superficial, that didn't ever grow, that just died after a season. But these are the ones that fell by the weeds. These re those are they represent those that hear the word of God, but they have a heart that is overgrown with weeds. Just think about that. What does it mean? I have a heart that's overgrown with weeds. 
It means that we never really truly repented and weeded out, weeded out the things that would hinder our harvest, our spiritual growth. This is important. This is the one that is very common in, in our even culture in our time today. That we, we are, our hearts are filled with weeds. We have not weeded out those things that do not belong. Maybe you receive the Word of God. You're excited about the Word of God. But there are still things in your heart that are competing with the Word of God. And they're also growing that don't belong. And they should not be growing there. Have you ever seen a beautiful garden? And you see the beautiful garden. And you see some plants, some roses, maybe some fruit that's growing. But all around it is weeds. It's a, man, that just doesn't belong there. <laughs> I'm going to ask you today, what doesn't belong in your heart today? Are there some weeds there that don't belong that are competing now in that soil? Competing in that soil, competing in that ground with the seed that God wants to plant in your heart with the Word of God? What is competing with the Word of God in your heart today? You see, this is important here because this is the listener that is interested in the Word of God. I'm interested in the Word of God. But I'm also interested in the things that the world tells me. <laughs> that is the weeds now. And they lack a single-mindedness. Single-mindedness. I want to be single-minded. I want to have a heart that is single-minded, that is only about the Word of God. And I want to become completely fruitful because then I'm going to be, if I'm not, then I'm going to be completely unproductive. Do you see how your heart cannot share space with weeds? You see, it's like weeds in a garden that keep the soil from being fruitful. Let's read verse 18. It says, now these are the ones among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word of God. In verse 19, and the cares of this world. That, those are the weeds. The cares of this world. These are the ones that hear the word of God, but because of the weeds, they become easily distracted. Do you know what the things in your heart that are in your heart right now that don't belong, you know what they do to you? They distract you from the Bible. You know what those things in your life that do not belong there, they're like weeds. They, they distract you from hearing the truth and the truth growing in your life. Because of the cares of now hear this world. The cares of this world, you study that, it means because of the distractions of this age. We live in a, such a distraction-filled time. Everything distracts us. Everything distracts us. We can't be focused. There are times where you read the Bible and you read a page, a chapter, and, you, and you're so distracted at the end of it, you don't even know what you read. <laughs> because we're so distracted, it says, because of the cares of this world, now... The deceitfulness, these are the cares of the world, he names them. The deceitfulness of riches, the lies of wanting to make money. And the desires for other things, the desires of, oh, well, I want to make money, or I want this, I want that, or I need to grow in this, I need to grow in that area. The deceitfulness of other things entering, now the heart, choke out the, world, the word, and it becomes unfruitful. You know what happens to that heart? That, that the word of the seed is deposited in that heart. But too quickly, the message is crowded out. It has no room to grow because of everything else that's in that heart. It has no room. And the worries of this life or the distractions of this age, they are preoccupied with temporary issues, that heart, and, and, and that it blinds you from any serious commitment of the gospel. Have you been, are you too preoccupied right now that you are blinded from making any serious commitment with the Word of God that you have in your hands right now? I'm too busy now to make any real commitment with the Bible now, with the Word of God, with the, being a disciple, because my heart is crowded out with anything else. I'm going to tell you something. You cannot be devoted and distracted at the same time. There's no way. You cannot be devoted and distracted at the same time. You have to choose one. And there are many times that we have filled our hearts with the, 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 the 
things that are choking out the Bible in our heart. You're either going to be a man and a woman of the Word of God, or you're going to be a man and woman of the world. Are you in love with the world or the Word of God? Where is the focus at? The focus is on all the wrong things when it comes to the heart that is filled with weeds. It's crowded out by carnality. It's still chasing the world, the deceitfulness of the riches of this world. What is that? It's lies. The lies that I'm going to be happy when I get this amount. Then I'm no, I'm not happy yet. So I'm going to be happy when, when I get this amount and my riches of this world now and the desires of these temporal things crowd out and choke out the world of God because the lies are luring you in with worry, with fear, with pleasure, with desire. You become unfruitful. And look what it says here in verse 19. And it becomes unfruitful. Have you noticed why maybe you're in, at church but there's no fruit? Maybe there's something in your heart that is crowding out the fruit or it's choking out the roots. And this is really deadly for spiritual growth. It's deadly for spiritual growth. There's no fruit to maturity. Because you know what this heart says? I'm too busy. I'm too busy to receive. I'm too proudful to receive. I'm too tired to receive. I'm too greedy to receive. Open your heart to the Word of God. And anything that doesn't belong there, you have to tell it, Lord, I need to weave these things out. In John chapter, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. We can stay there all day. <laughs> Do not love the or the things. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Because you've been in love with something that is distracting you away from God. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of what I look at, and my pride, my status, is not of the Father, it's of the world. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, it says, You therefore must endure hardship. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. You cannot be engaged in war and also now entangled with the affairs of this life. Just imagine a soldier out in a war in the battlefield and says, hey, we're engaged in warfare. And you hear the sounds of warfare, but he says, hey, I can't come out to fight. You know what? I've been entangled now with all these things now, so I can't come out. Do you think now that the commitment is optional for that soldier? you think that the option now to commit? No, they have no option. Your commitment, as you decided to follow Jesus Christ, your commitment is not optional. If you want to grow. If you want to grow. Now let's go to the verse 20 because it's going to talk to us about the soil or the heart that receives it with now good soil. And let's read here what it says now. But these are the ones sown on good ground. This is a very fertile ground. This is a ground, a heart that is, when it receives the, the seed, it, it just takes the seed in and leaves the seed in there. The soil is not crowded out with weeds. It doesn't have rocks. It's not hard. It's ready now to keep that seed there until it grows. Are you ready to keep that seed here in your heart until it grows? And so it's, I'm going to hide that word in my heart. I'm going to keep protecting that seed, my time with that seed, because I want a pure heart that is going to allow growth for the Word of God in my life. Let's read now verse 20. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the Word of God, number one, hear. Number two, accept it. Accept it. Accept the Word of God in your life. Don't refuse it. Don't be easily offended. 
No, the, the problem is today we're easily offended. Oh, that verse, it offends me. Let me go to the next verse. <laughs> Don't be easily offended. Accept it in your life. Now it says, and number three, bears fruit. Good soil hears, listens, accepts it. Now receive it with an open heart and then it bears fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. You know, why is this important now? Because we need to keep the Word of God, obey the Word of God with a pure heart. And with patience and in time, you're going to see fruit coming out of your life, the fruit of the Spirit, because you have protected now that soil and the Word of God that's coming in. You see, the, the seed is now fulfilling its purpose. You know what the purpose of the seed is, the Word of God? It's to go into your heart and to take root. Has this taken root in your heart lately? Has it taken some serious root? Because this parable shows us when the word is received, as it should be, something happens. When the word is received, the way it should be, something starts to happen. Something happens. Fruit is produced. Fruit is produced. And when the word is not being received the way it should be received, guess what happens? Nothing happens. <laughs> That's exactly why we should be those that say, Lord, I recognize your call in my life through your word. I determined to follow your call. And I, I, and I want to experience a profound transformation because my heart is so fertile, it's tender, it's ready to receive the word of God. I don't want to just be a hearer like James chapter 1 says, I want to be a doer. I don't just want to be a hearer, I want to be a doer. You know what this parable does? I, I love this because Jesus, this is why he taught parables as well. And I'm going to tell you this as we close. Because this story, as you, in any parable, as the story, as you carefully consider the picture, notice this, as you carefully consider the picture, those people that were standing there and they were like thinking about what Jesus was saying and carefully considering the picture, it becomes almost this story as a mirror in which you see yourself. And He wants you to see yourself in this story. He wants there to be a self-examination and says, which soil is your heart? You start to see yourself in it. But if, this is so beautiful about it, but if you see yourself as like a guilty sinner that has a hard heart, that has a problem with pride and deceitfulness of the age, if you see yourself that way, that mirror that you're seeing yourself in in that parable, that mirror stops becoming a mirror. And guess what it becomes? It becomes a window now. Because you realize, man, I saw myself in that story and my heart is hard. That now, what does it say? That mirror becomes a window in where you can see into God and the grace of God. And you can say, wow, Lord, I do have a hard heart. But Lord, when I've seen my heart in the story, I can also see your grace. I can see your love. I can see your forgiveness. I can see, Lord, that I want a heart that is purified by your word and that is growing by the word of God. How many of you guys want to be growing by the word of God today? Amen. Amen. Lord, that the Lord would let us look, look at him through that window of that parable and say, Lord, I need you. Because I tell you, your heart cannot be filled with the word of God. Your heart cannot be filled with the word of God if it's already filled with something else. If it's already filled with, is it, what is it filled with? And before you can say, Lord, I want you to fill it with the Word of God, you know what you have to say? Lord, empty me so then you can fill me with the Word of God. Well, how many of us would go and plant something on hard, rocky, weedy soil? Nobody. So you have to say, Lord, clean my heart out so that you can put the soil. I want new soil. 
Change my heart. I want new soil. Give me a heart that receives your word and that obeys it. Here in this parable, Jesus is calling back to true commitment. I love what in Ezekiel chapter 36 it says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out that heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, a heart that, that, that feels, a heart that, that can be cut through, a heart that understands. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and I will keep and you will keep my judgments and do them. You know what the reason of this parable was? Is so that they can have a new heart. They can have a better heart. I pray that today you don't leave with a stony heart a heart that is filled with thorns and weeds because of this world a heart that is by the wayside that is so hard that the word of God doesn't even enter but today you will leave with a heart a heart that is filled with the word of God because of the soil can we pray Lord Heavenly Father we thank you we thank you Lord Jesus for your word Lord that it exposes us it exposes the truth about us, Lord. It exposes the truth about how the condition of the heart. It exposes the truth of the condition of our heart today. And I pray, Lord, that we would grow into maturity because the, the word that is planted in our hearts, Lord, it would take root.